Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It on Mom Brain. Welcome back to Blame It on Mom Brain. This is Amanda. And this is Jodine. And today we are bringing our gentlemen back into the conversation. It's been a long time since we've done our three-part series about fatherhood um, since we've really had any sort of discussion about um, our partners and their roles in our life. They're huge, huge, huge roles that they play in our lives. Um, So now we are both pregnant again. And I have been mentioning to Amanda randomly whenever it happens about what I call pregnancy sympathy symptoms in Neil, my husband. And and I I really I'm so terrible because I don't write things down like you do. I'm, I'm not nearly as efficient. I'm like, oh cool, he just did that thing, and um, then I move on. <laughs> or I, I should just look through my text messages to you and see what I write. Um, yeah. But you hadn't really like it's not really something you've experienced with Will, your partner. Um, and I, so you, let's let's just dive into what you've researched um, of what this is or what the definition of it is because I call it pregnancy sympathy symptoms, but apparently that's not necessarily what it's called. Well, that, first of all, you did, again, we're bringing our texts to the episodes because I've been, I'd be getting lots of texts from you saying like, man, Neil is like, I have to hide this thing from him because he's been snacking on it like crazy. Or I, you know, I, I'm going to know what he's craving. So he's got to eat this if we're going to eat someplace or I picked that for him or X, Y, and Z. And I did look up sympathy symptoms in, in regards to pregnancy. And on, although that's not the like the actual coined phrase for it, it is a well-known, or if it's not well-known to you, we're sharing it now. It's a (laughs) phenomenon that does take place in partners when um, their uh, partners are pregnant. And so I'll just share a little definition for you, but have you ever heard a sympathetic pregnancy? Because that's what it's called, sympathetic pregnancy. Um, It's not sympathy as in someone feeling sorry to hear that you're pregnant, but it's sympathetic pregnancy in the term that describes different physical and emotional symptoms that your partner may begin to experience when you are pregnant that mimics your pregnancy symptoms. So that could be cravings, uh, changed sex drive, that could be mood swings, that could be heightened anxiety or panic, that could be disrupted sleep and insomnia, like anything basically that you're feeling during your pregnancy, your partner can start to mirror. And it's actually taken from a uh, 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 sorry, it's actually taken from an anthropologist in 1865 who coined the phrase as cuvade syndrome. It's a French word that means either to brood or to hatch. So to me, cuvade syndrome means like, dude is nesting. <laughs> he is in <laughs> nesting phase with you as you are, like he's preparing to be ready to welcome a baby just as much, sorry, not just as much as you are, but with this syndrome gets all the um, relatable physical and emotional feelings of it. And so, um, basically this was documented, um, to refer to how primitive males, uh, were behaving when their female partners were pregnant or breastfeeding. So that ended up becoming kind of like a social media joke where, you know, people will say like, 
I think if my partner is experiencing pregnancy cravings and they'll film like their partner, you know, we found one funny reel of a dad just sitting on the floor in front of the fridge, eating a block of cheese, you know, and, <laughs> and, and pregnant mom is just like, what are you doing over there in the corner? And I think <laughs> those are sort of the things that kind of clue you into saying you're behaving nutritionally a little different than before I was pregnant. What well, gives? That, that was and, the thing for me was the food. Yeah. Because yeah, this has yeah. happened in both of my pregnancies now. It's, it's like not a coincidence anymore that mm-hmm. Neil craves crispy chicken sandwiches when I'm pregnant. Um, it's so specific. It's so specific. That's why I noticed it. Because when we had Creed, I started noticing this theme. He just went everywhere we went. It was like, I'll have a crispy chicken sandwich. And then he started like comparing them. This one's my favorite. This No, let's go back and get that one again because I love that one. I'm like, what the hell? You never had this many crispy chicken sandwiches before. And then after we had Creed, two years later, I'm pregnant again. And I'm, he's starting to order these freaking crispy chicken sandwiches again. And I'm like, are you back. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what is with that and oh he's his favorite it's the Popeyes one he loves the Popeyes crispy chicken sandwich um if I've anyone else is craving one he bought one for oh. Will Will really liked it too <laughs> what shit I've been left out of this loop well I've obviously now got to go with you so I can try it too but yeah you have mentioned that the crispy chicken sandwich is just his his like BFF it's the MVP of your pregnancies and how would you say that there's anything else like if there's food and there's a specific kind of food, do you feel like anxiety has changed? Do you feel like mood has changed or weight has changed? Like, is there anything fluctuating emotionally or physically for him the way that it absolutely is for us? Like our weight is shifting. I'm struggling with night insomnia every other day. It's like three in the morning and I want to text Jodine saying, well, I'm still awake because I'm anxious about a decision I made in the fourth grade. Like you just, (laughs) it's all the shit that just starts swirling around your mind, but is he experiencing anything else? I think that's the other symptoms are things that I struggle to say if they are specifically this, you know, sympathetic thing, or if it's the fact that he is a full-time working dad of a two-year-old that's, you know, mentally preparing for a second child to be added to our life. So I don't know if that's just the situation, right? Um, But he is sleeping really poorly, uh, and like I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I didn't actually sleep that bad last night. And he's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I slept so terribly. And he's like, my back is hurting. <laughs> this is yeah. oh my yeah. gosh, he is yeah. absolutely experiencing this this exact phenomenon. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's why I say it because yeah, there's a there's a name for what you have. Um, it's it's just strange and that's why I said it sucks that I don't write things down because there's all those just little things that he'll do or say that I'm like that just seems a little bit out of your character um, yeah, yeah yeah that would be yeah. happening to you right now um but as far as like anxiety or stress or anything like that goes I mean it is just kind of a stressful anxiety um ridden time in our life so it's not out of the norm for that to happen right yeah. <laughs> like absolutely um, and so, you know, there's I don't lots know. Of things that would would create that too. Like work responsibilities are shifting. Your household dynamic is about to change. Your toddler is getting older and more demanding, and smarter and more curious and and eager and you know adventurous. Like that's absolutely common to be feeling changes in how like you will change along with these things, right? So I, I don't think it's completely out of the ordinary, but it has been cool to read that it exists. And my partner too has been experiencing physical pains. He's always in some kind of like 
really bad knee joint pain or like a finger really hurts because he sprained it that one time. Like there's always some physical ailments. I'm like, bro, can we, can we book the physio yet or what? What's happening? When can we book mm. a professional so you can stop telling me about shit I can't fix for you? But it's been, that's been the number one thing for me. I think actually he has been going the opposite direction. He has been so immersed in work and stuff that he's like, food is a, is a waste of time. Food mm. is for the week. I must I must forge on at the desk and continue the project with, with complete undivided attention. I'm like, you're going to wither away and faint if you don't eat something. So yeah. for me, it's a bit like he's, he's becoming hyper-focused on other stuff because it relates to, well, we're focused on this because I love what I do and I love what I do, but I've got to make sure I'm doing more because I have other projects. And if ever we want to buy a house one day and we're going to have more children, blah, blah, blah. So it all kind of tracks into the direction of, concern for family life and the world is expensive and cheese costs like 15 bucks for like something smaller than the palm of your hand so it's it's been really I think him trying to provide or create a lot of undivided attention for the family but with that stress of it's because our family is getting bigger because you can't deny there's a bump there like we're pregnant you know we're halfway there actually I'm 20 weeks as we record this so I see a lot of physical ailments in the way of his uh, Kuvaid syndrome, possibly. But I've got to <laughs> say he swung the complete other way for food. Like we went out for a dinner date, a double date, the four of us a few days ago. And what we ordered was just absurd. We had so much pasta, pizza, appetizer, drinks, like the whole thing. We'd never been on a double date before. So you better believe these two parents, very tired and pregnant families were ready to eat and sit down. And I want to say that's the most food I've seen him eat in like a month. It was crazy. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, we've got different aspects of it, but it's crazy to know that this actually does exist and how pregnancy affects your partner like and men don't typically talk about this do they right like we haven't even discussed the men's aspect of fatherhood in a little while like you said since we had our three-part father series um I think we've got to get Travis back on just because he was a great light into the perspective of dads into parenthood and the mental and physical and emotional um experiences that they have that they tend to not verbalize so for you to be on it enough to be like hey hey wait a tick you have not wanted chicken sandwiches since I was last pregnant <laughs> is a way for you to be noticing that he does have a routine and a pattern to like support your pregnancy mm -hmm. that's crazy I don't <clears throat> I don't know if I'm the weird one like I really I don't want to say I study him because that sounds creepy <laughs> Um, but I just I am so aware of him. So like, that's one of the reasons we don't really argue or, or anything. I, I, I don't I don't know how to describe it. But like, I'm just I understand his nuances and like the way he goes about things. And if if he seems irritated, I'm like, hmm, wait a second, I'm just going to pause before I ask this question that's irrelevant until because clearly there's something on it going on in his head. I don't want to interrupt that yeah. thought. And then like that's pointless. Um, <clears throat> but because of that, I find all this, the, why I found that um, conversation with Travis so interesting. I love learning about my husband because it only benefits the both of us. <laughs> it benefits our oh, relationship sure. together when I understand uh -huh. his, how he works. And something th that has kind of overlapped for me has been that that when we talked to Travis, he mentioned about how the men the man's hormone levels can change when 
um, when they be, their partner becomes pregnant or when they become a father. And I'm curious to know, like we don't have the answer for this, but if that has an overlap into these sympathetic symptoms. So I just Googled, does a man's testosterone drop after having a baby? And this one says, um, oftentimes those with a baby between one month and one year on average dropped about 30% of their testosterone, which is like a lot, which testosterone is for men. It's like a superpower for them. That's what makes them, you know, they're, they're strong. It makes them not hurt and, and all those things. So if you take that, that away, all of a sudden things are hurting like physically aches and pains. And when you have low testosterone, um, you can have really horrible mental, um, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, mental struggles. Like you can have, like mental it can health trigger. Struggles, yeah. 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 Cause you're, I, not, it's you're just... not balanced out. Like their hormones no. are all over the place. And so they're not their best selves. Like men thrive in power. They thrive in speed and focus and energy. And there is that, that aspect of divine masculine and divine feminine. And to step away from 30% of your testosterone from one month to one year postpartum, mm-hmm. which again, we also discovered that can impact their anxiety or their feelings of depression and that they very much do experience depression no like no differently than than women do in that postpartum phase meaning it's it can happen then it it, they are not themselves they're not even the version of themselves that they want to be while you have no choice but to physically navigate also a massive hormonal shift um Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're not able to operate at the way that they love. Like I always tell Will, you're your best self when you have done a little bit of work, work, like Mm. undivided attention on work because he feels productive. He feels that he's contributed to the collective of our home. He feels that he's put his mind to good use. And it's crazy how a really good work sesh, like a good day at work for him can fuel him up for just the most interactive hands-on joyful evening of parenting after the fact like he becomes his his best self and of course that's second to really good sleep and that's really hard postpartum Mm -hmm. because you're probably not sleeping you've likely taken paternal leave so two things anyway in my household situation that i find fuel my partner in a way that make it makes him like a fucking superhero around here are all stripped away and then add on top of it the testosterone dip from that one to one one month to one year and you're all nobody around nobody on the board is their best selves at this time so it's like how can we have sympathy for our partner having sympathy symptoms like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think that's a really important question to ask because so often I feel part of the reason moments in pregnancy are hard for me is because I go into I can not always but I can venture into a bit of the victim of like ah, oh, baby kept me up a lot I felt lots of kicks and we have a toddler and toddlers co-sleeping with us because he's having separation anxiety so I'm not sleeping really well or um you know there's there's tantrums happening or I'm feeling really really alone in certain parts of things and this and that. And then when I sit and talk with my partner, I realize that he's not feeling too many different things. Like he's like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm working a lot. So I feel a little bit alone or I feel like it's hard because dad guilt, dad guilt. Yeah. He's like, I'd like to take him off your hands because I know you're helping me get as much sleep as possible by co-sleeping because you know, I go to work the next day and 
you know, there's, there's that level of, of give and take partnership, push and pull. There is no balance. It can't be equal all the time. It's not perfect like that, but we're just doing our imperfectly perfect consideration dance for one another and doing the very best that we can. And it helps me get out of my head when I realize, oh, I, he's my partner in this really, really like, we're of course, Mm -hmm. very lucky that the people we've picked are true partners without children, but you got to have that if you're going to throw children into it too. No, because I can't like children are not band-aids. Children are hand grenades. So if you, they're going to blow up whatever (laughs) existing foundational cracks happened prior to baby, they're not going to repair them. They're going to expose them. So to me, having a solid partnership prior to deciding to procreate was an absolute fucking non-negotiable. I needed mm-hmm. to have someone who was going to be there. Now, reading about it since becoming a mother and showing my, and learning that they actually can emotionally and physically be going through it with me should be a partnership feeling as well. It shouldn't be like, well, mine is worse than yours because I'm I'm going through this and that. It's like no one ever wins. No one ever, no. ever wins when you're thinking about it in a victim mindset or who's got it bad. It's like hanging out with the mom at the playground who says, oh, I didn't sleep because my kid was awake every two hours. And then she goes, oh, you think that's bad? My kid was awake every 53 minutes. And you're like, fuck, <laughs> let's not have a competition about this. Like we're not, I'm just sharing how I'm feeling. I'm not trying to one up you. I'm just trying to commiserate or, or and sometimes commiserate helps, but it's more so just relate and feel heard and seen and create a community out of a a hard and transitional time in life. So yeah, I feel like every time I've self-isolated with interesting thoughts or valid thoughts, I've spoken to him and learned that we're really not on two different islands here. We're just, we're just surfing a different way, you know, as we ride these waves. But it's interesting because we often don't talk about it or we don't ask the other person a question because we just assume they either don't have it worse, uh, as bad as us, right? I it, Something I've recently, I've, I've been aware of it, but I try to be very aware of the fact that my partner goes to, like, gets up in the morning. I suck at getting up in the morning. I'm awful. I, I, I'm just so awful. So he gets up and he's just a morning person. So he gets up at 6 and I usually get up at 6.45 and he has created first thing in the morning. And then he he's getting ready for work at the same time. And then he leaves the house at 720 to go to work. He's a manager at his job. So he deals with a lot of stressful situations and people. And it, it can be really overwhelming. He comes home. He never, ever puts the day's stress on me ever. Unless I yeah. ask, which I have to like pry it out of him because he doesn't want yeah. to bring it home. And then he comes home and he's because he doesn't want to talk down. about it. He doesn't want to talk about it, but he also doesn't want to put that on me either. Um, yeah. He's like, if I'm feeling this shitty thing happened today, I don't want to come home and make you feel shitty about the shitty thing that happened today, right? Because you've got enough yeah. to worry about. And so yeah. he'll come home and he'll instantly go into dad mode, and it, mm. it's it's unbelievable. I'm like, how did you just like phew, switch into this dad mode, full blown, like pretends nothing happened, um, and then he's full on. And then she goes to bed at eight. He always puts her down to bed, especially it's hard for me now because physically it's really hard for me to lay down with her and everything on the floor, bed. And um, and then he like lays down on the couch at night and he's like, holy shit, I'm so tired. And I'm like, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you haven't stopped for like 30 seconds. Look what you just did. Like, and I, yeah, I'm full time. I'm a full time stay at home mom. Our days are so different. And he thinks it's amazing what I do because he's like, I don't know how you deal with, you know, being by yourself with Creed all day long and, you know, the mood swings and all all this stuff. So he thinks what I'm doing is really hard. And I think what he's doing is really hard. (laughs) But, one thing that's been really beneficial for us because he struggles terribly with dad guilt and he's been quite vocal with that. Um, he feels like he needs to get home at a certain time so he can help alleviate me um, from some duties and now I'm pregnant and blah, 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 is we have made a dedicated every Monday night. He gets to stay at work late. He's a tinkerer. He's a hands-on building all sorts of stuff kind of guy. That's just, it's just his hobby. He loves it. He gets to stay at work and he gets to do whatever the hell he wants. And I told you on Monday I went to visit you. I said, I don't even message him. I don't even talk to him. I just pretend that pretend that we don't exist for a couple hours. Yeah. Have some moments for yourself because I feel like we talk so much about, you know, self-prioritization as mothers. And you and I have both agreed that our partners would be like, absolutely, go do whatever you want. Let me take, you know, the kids off your hands. But it's hard for him to feel like he can do that. And I maybe he's unique in that. And some dads are definitely not the same. You know, they, they just go yeah. do whatever they want. This is this is yeah. just my personal situation. But every Monday he even, even texts me and asks me, am I still good to stay tonight? Oh my gosh. <laughs> am I good to stay? Yeah, and I'm no, like, yes. Unless I told you otherwise, don't even message me. Don't, Enjoy don't, your night. Don't message me. Stay there. And he's told me, he's like, it's really hard for me to stay here because of the guilt in my head. Um, but at the same time, he loves it. So it's, it's just interesting. Um, this, this whole topic is just kind of the dad's, I don't know, experience in fatherhood. Obviously we can't well, yeah. completely speak for them, but going back to the interviews that we did with them originally, they're in yeah. such incredibly, they're 14 months. They were 14 months. And Will was saying at the time that it was really it had really just started getting like way better and I don't think there's a night that goes by now where he's like fuck yeah I'll take this I'll take two-year-old him over any other stage prior to this five month old yeah he's loving this to death he's like Mm -hmm. he'd die happy today like he's so thrilled with how Romeo communicates and how it feels to be dadding him Mm -hmm. it's the most it's like the, one of the greatest joys of my life is watching someone I knew would be a great partner become like a super hero dad. Like it's the mm-hmm. coolest thing to watch, but that doesn't come without the dad guilt. Right. Cause he said the same thing to me. And like you said, not every man is like this. Like people um, have partnerships where the dynamic is different, but my partner too, just yesterday, like we're making room for guests to arrive at our space. We have my best friend on the way from Montreal. We have my partner's parents on the way who've been kind of doing a, a world tour there in the UK visiting their family right now, their parents right now. Um, and then on their way back to New Zealand, they're making a pit stop here in Vancouver to be with us. And so we are over the moon. We can't wait to see them. And so there's lots of shifts and things happening in our house. We're moving his office, his work office downstairs. Um, we've gotten a, we've purchased a guest bed frame and put a mattress in here so that guests can sleep here. It's just been a lot of pre- preparation for people we love to death and we can't wait to have here. And one of the things he was saying is that him and his bestie were talking about a game that they had played during COVID and I was childless in COVID and we were all home and we were just, people were learning to bake sourdough bread and can make candles. And that was literally Will and I I was making candles. He was baking things or whatever. So 
um, he was also gaping at the time. And he told me that he would feel really guilty just going downstairs into his new office space and gaming for a while. And I was like, well, why? And he goes, well, because it's not work. I was like, that's exactly why you need to do it. Because you can't only work on things that you are in the pursuit of financial gain because Mm -hmm. you will burn out. And I understand you find great joy in the work that you do. That's an amazing problem to have where you actually are passionate about the career that you're a fucking expert in. But there also has to be like, my best friend just wants to hang out and play some games and that's okay. There's mm-hmm. no there's no shame in that. He has another friend who's just had a baby and will send him the most adorable photos of him wearing the sling, the dad wearing the wrap, but gaming like on the side and the kids like just, <laughs> just completely passed out, like absolutely milk drunk. Mom is not like dad's taken over. Mom's asleep. Kids been fed and they're down. Right. But then he's like, I need to do stuff I like. And he's a gamer. So he'll play a video game and I'm like, you have to be able to do a little something that helps loosen up the the fact that you jump from role to role and make it look easy. But I know that it isn't because it's not easy across the board for any of us. And you no. have a lot on your plate and won't even say so. You'll just do the things. And what a what a gift it is to have such a a, a, a passionate partner about our relationship and our family. Mm-hmm. But please don't forget to become passionate about your mental well-being and play is how you are passionate about your mental well-being joy music dance food love hugging jumping in a puddle like like things that are not related to the stuff that the world has taught us has to be so important like you know like you said neil goes and he's a builder that's that's his soul work in my opinion Mm -hmm. like i think neil's soul work it revolves around the the building of physical things from mm-hmm. mind to, to arm using hand your hands project. yeah yes yes and will is very similar however his the way that he builds is is in a in a different realm right like it's in a digital space <laughs> yeah fingertips digital space lots of research science physics i mean quantum physics the whole thing like th- this is where they thrive nerd stuff to- nerd shit man <laughs> just at the major major nerds we married you guys get the nerds eh like if you want can i just side note this there's a whole instagram subtopic about this which is some there's a girl who who please please bear with me through this side note there's a girl who posted a reel that went absolutely fucking viral and the reel was her stitching a comment of a girl who was really clearly crestfallen and she was like ladies she's taking a selfie while she records it she goes ladies where do you find them where do you find the good men? I've been disappointed so much by the people who've been in my life. The guys I've chosen, video cuts. It stitches to this other woman walking around her very pleasant little suburban home. And she just says, nerds, nerds. That's where you're going wrong. You're not dating the nerds. Does he like Harry Potter, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings? Husband him up. Is he somebody who really loves to game and can name to you all of J.R.R. Tolkien's like cast members in every book he's ever written and in The Hobbit and The Silmarillion? Get her ring on that thing. Like she's just going through the different ways that they can be really nerdy. She goes, nerds know what it's like to like 
not be treated the best all the time. <laughs> and so when they find someone that they love, who's also equally treating them with love, respect, affection, love languages, food, like physical touch, the whole thing. I'm like, they'll give you the fucking world. So if you are finding yourself <laughs> dating douchey guys who are used to having everything served to them on a silver platter, make the switch to nerds today. Welcome to my TED talk. And I was just crying because I'm like, I love the nerds. <laughs> do they do they love to research? Then they'll probably research how to make you happy. <laughs> exactly. And I don't think that that's entirely wrong. Every book I've told Will, like, we need to, we need to do this together. He's been like, okay, I'll die download the book and he'll still just start reading the book and so it just feels like okay if he's passionate about you then there's a lot of excellent potential for him to be passionate about the life you build with your child um mm -hmm. sympathy or kuvaid syndrome or not like there's just a lot of promise in um a partner who's who's showing you that their promises mean something to you right and and mm -hmm. i just think it's important for us. I'm glad we talked about this today because I think it went so much deeper than just like dudes craving a bag of chips or a chicken burger or a hunk of cheese, right? <laughs> like this was so much more because it reminded us, I think, as we navigate this pregnancy to ask the questions, to hold the space, to create the time um, so that they too can come feel kind of safe and, and willing to come to us and say mm -hmm. what Neil said to you, which is, I think I need a night where I'm not dadding and I'm just creating and focusing on the artistic side of me that is fun and playful and has to come out. Otherwise I'm going to go nuts. Like, and you know, good for you because it gave we say that about ourselves. Yeah. We say this about us all the time and you know, you can come here every Monday if you want. That's absolutely open door policy because after a whole day of momming, that is also a challenge. That's also hard. So it's like, how can we support ourselves? How can we lean on a community so that the people who make the pillars of our home are being supported? And that it has to include the men in this because it they're 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 a partner. They're our partner. I saw a post um, that I'd love to find to share when we release this episode, but it it, it was uh, real and it said, "Say what you want about millennials, but dads." Our millennial dads are just different. Did you see that one? Yes. I yeah, did. I did. And I think it's brilliant. Like the, basically the comment section and the, the energy about this sentiment is simply that these dads, these millennial dads know what it's like to have a dad who wasn't super present, not adding judgment to that. I'm not adding judgment. I'm not saying, and neither of these people are saying that there were bad parents because they were busy working and they were putting food on the table, but never giving a hug or this kind of thing. That's not what anybody's saying. Like everybody has done their best mm -hmm. in every generation. Right. But these millennial dads are more aware of their emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. They're more aware of what they had hoped for. I think when they were younger and what they were looking for from a, a parenting perspective, whether that was for mom or dad, but they're, so present and receptive to the needs of their partner and understand that not everything is the woman's job just because she's carrying or especially mm -hmm. because she's carrying like it can't all just be on her plate and to the other side of that relationships seem to have shifted in a positive way where you know women are are acknowledging that work is also hard for them like there there's hard to the work that we're all doing and mm -hmm the compassion and the willingness to say like, Hey, are you doing okay? Or let's have a check-in on both fronts so that we can both feel mentally healthy as much as possible in such a crazy phase of life, which is the the ride of parenthood. It's there's nothing like it. So yeah, I've seen that. What did you think of it? I was like, yeah, I totally get it. 
<laughs> I was like, makes sense. It completely makes sense. And I'm very thankful to have a millennial. I think, yeah, Neil's a millennial. <laughs> Neil's a millennial, but he's scraping in by his teeth, Jodine. You, he's almost missing it, okay? And you're almost in a different bracket. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty prime millennial. Are Aren't you? I? I think so. God, not you I guys. So. Now here we are having to look up what the generations are. Oh my god! I don't. What's the um, year? Uh, like the how long is it? Is it ten, fifteen years? I think. I think it's. I think it's about 15, or ten. Or, or maybe it's fifteen. Um, We're nine years apart. So. Yeah. <laughs> Millennials, Gen X, Gen Z. Okay, bear with us. Um, we have to find this out. Fact check. Okay, just got it. So Gen X is birth years roughly 1965 to 1980. That's a big jump. Oh, wow. The second is millennials are Gen Y, which are roughly 1981 to 1996. Okay, fine. Yeah, you so both we're, are we're millennials. Both, yeah, we're both in there. We're the... And then... And, and, yeah. Yes, and then Gen Z is roughly 1997 to 2012. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're both in there. So, yes, you guys, we're all in our little millennial bucket. But yeah... <laughs> Thanks for bearing with us. But yeah, so millennials, like, are we more, could we be more millennial to have to search that? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> we could be worse. We could be Gen X. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely have like the, the, like I have such deep gratitude for the, the space that they hold for us. But I think this episode was a bit of a reminder to be like, is there anything you've been wanting to do lately? Have you been mm-hmm. craving anything? Are there any appointments for your physical health that we should be booking? Like, do you need a physio or a Cairo moment? Like, you know, just because they're so, um, they're so wonderfully reliable that oftentimes they can become like to our family that they can become unreliable to their needs or even voicing mm-hmm. that they have them. And that's, I think, just on us to be receptive as partners and make sure that we're, we're, we're supporting the fact that they need a little bit of a check in too. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate having such a strong foundational <laughs> support system. Um, in my relationship, I cannot imagine doing this alone. So props to you single mothers who are like completely, Dude, this is completely unrelatable. <laughs> I know. Did we get, um, uh, I, I think we asked on an episode. I think we did, but we, but just a little reminder, casting call, if you will, mm-hmm. to any single moms out there listening to this episode. Um, if you stuck with this whole episode, you're amazing. We'd love to hear from you who's doing all sides of all the things, all the cuvade symptoms and the actual symptoms of pregnancy. Like you are doing everything and you're basically the MVP and we'd love to hear from you. So please send us a message on Blame It On Mom Brain. And if you do have a partnership that you are in and any of this resonated or there's things that you'd wish you'd see different or your partner did express some kind of pregnancy symptoms please share with us we'd love to hear what exactly your experience has been and we'd love to share about it on our page that we can all get in on this the realities of what's going on on the other on the other half on the partner side of stuff I think this would be a great episode to listen to with your partner. I don't know if that's a thing you do in your household, but consider doing that. Um, Maybe it will help him open up if there's things that he's struggling with, or maybe it will help you guys communicate a little bit better. Who knows? Any little tidbit uh, that can benefit your relationship is is always valuable. And one way that you can be valuable for us as a listener is to go to whatever platform you're listening on and give us a five-star review and leave a rating. We 
Greatly appreciate it. It helps us uh, reach more listeners. And if you know somebody that this episode would resonate with, just shoot this, uh, shoot it their way. Um, it would we'd be forever grateful. And we just appreciate having you here. Please give us some feedback, and we'll catch you next Tuesday on Blame It on Mom Brain. Bye bye. I swear. <laughs> <sighs>